Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Hallelujah. At the end of our service today, we will do communion. And um, we will kick our year off in doing communion. I'll explain it all to you. Just hold on and trust me, I'll help you. Um, Sometimes some of us have, you know, received the wrong idea about different things and I want you to get the right understanding of the Word of God. Amen. If nothing else in this church, you're going to be taught the right way. It's up to you how you carry it out, but you will be taught the right way according to the Word of God in this church. And so we'll do communion at the end of our service. And um, I'd like for you to um, stay with us, participate. It will be a part of the service. It will not be something we stop and go. It will be a part of our service today. Um, believe God wants to help us. And remember I said God is a God of second chance and he wants to give us all a second chance. Want us to start our year off right and build some momentum. Momentum is serious business. And sometimes I was teasing Brother Henry the other day and uh, we were just talking about how um, when um, w- when you kind of interrupt your flow of what you do, your, your daily routine, when you interrupt that flow, it, it's never that easy to get back on track, especially when it's a good flow, especially when it's a good momentum. So you want to put everything you can into what you're doing to get in the flow and stay in the flow, because when you get out of the flow, it's, it's so challenging to get back in the flow. So let's start 2019 out the right way, getting in the flow and staying in the flow. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I don't think that left anything. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I feel like God wants to do something in this house. I always sense in my spirit when he's going to do something different. And I sense in my spirit God is going to do something different here this morning. And so I want you to pray with me. And I want you to ask God to do what he wants to do in you. I want you to make a promise to God this morning as you pray that you will not hold back from God so God can do whatsoever he wants to do in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we gather together this morning under your banner in your name. And oh my God, we've done this many times. And Lord, some days we do it better than other days. But today, Lord God, we want to be different. We want it to be special. We want you, Lord God, to break in and do whatsoever you want, Lord God, in our spirit, in our heart, in our mind. We want you, Lord God, to to to, to transform us. We want you, Lord God, to remove from out of us everything, Lord God, that can hinder or prevent the will of God from being done in our life. Lord, I pray today that the Holy Ghost power will destroy every yoke of bondage and set every captives free. I pray that the power of God will work inside, on the inside of us. I pray that the Holy Ghost power will do great work inside. And Lord God, that you will do construction, that you will put a work, oh God, do a work within us uh, that we will 
ever be changed that we will see like we've never seen and we will perceive like we've never perceived and God we will have the boldness and confidence the strength to go forth and to march according to the word of God I pray this morning Lord God that faith will rise and that the power of God will be manifested and that hearts and minds will be changed and lives will never be the same again and God we will join with you doing your will I pray this afternoon this morning Lord God that you will speak and let the word of God permeate into our heart impart your word into us I pray that the power of God will manifest in this place and that the miracle working power will do great things in this place Lord we don't want to leave the same way but we want to experience the mighty power of God we want to experience a divine encounter with God that we will never be the same we give you the praise Praise the honor and the glory for all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord and bless Him? Hallelujah! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, I give you the praise, I give you the honor. There is none like you, Jesus. I bless your name, oh great God. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Will somebody join with me this morning and praise his name for the Lord? His good, His mercy, everlasting, and His truth, endureth to all generation, to all generation, to all kindred, to all tongue, to all people. His mercy has been extended. I worship Him. I adore Him. I give Him the honor and the praise. For there is none like our God. There is none like Jesus. There is none like Jesus. There is none like Jesus. Will somebody call on that name this morning? For there is none like Jesus. There is none like our God. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to worship Him. I came to praise Him. I came to magnify the name of the Lord. Oh, I can't stop praising Him. I can't stop praising Him. Jesus, my Lord. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Italama sotoromosi, irama salama sokoromoho, esetelema sandolo maha, ileketelomo soto yandehe, iesetelemaha. Oh my God, my God, my God. Oh God, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your goodness. You may be seated. Years ago, to work for a city, a city job, to work for the state, a state job, to work for the government, a government job, or work for a well-established company or factory until retirement was considered honorable. You were looked upon favorably for your longevity of service. Commitment meant a great deal. Your word being your bond was important. Today, flexibility, opportunity, and mobility are what most desire. There are more entrepreneurs now than any other time of our existence. 
We seek for more ways to accomplish a whole lot more doing less. We have even coined the phrase, work smarter, not harder. Even in sports, this sort of culture, behavior, is prevalent as sports usually reflect our society. It does. The athletes are seeking flexibility, mobility, and opportunity. They don't stay with their teams for a long time anymore. They move from team to team to obtain what they think is the best opportunity for their success. They want to establish their brand so they can make more money for themselves. That's the culture we live in right now. There's no denying it. We just have to accept that's the culture we're living in right now. While there are positives about this kind of culture, and there are negatives about this kind of culture, what we have to do is be sure we don't let that kind of culture And that kind of behavior creep into the church and into our relationship with Jesus Christ. The Word of God says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. While cultures and times change, Jesus stays the same. While our society operates in different ways from, from past Jesus stays the same. He doesn't change. He will not change because he is perfect. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I believe that we will pay enough attention to Romans 12 and 2. That we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because as society changes and different things are introduced to us in the society, Jesus never changed. His system never changed. The word of God never changed. How he does things never change. He continues to do it the same way as he did way back then when he parted the Red Sea, when he healed the blind man. He's still doing it today. He will not change. Society may change. People may change. Situation may change. But Jesus, he will never, ever change. He is the same. And so why While we see these changes going on, it's very challenging because remember what I said earlier, once you get a routine, a system going, a a, a way of how you conduct your life, once you get that going, it's very difficult to make that change. It's very difficult to do it differently because you're used to what you've always done. And so society is moving a certain way and because you are mingling and interacting with society and how the culture is, it's very easy to show up on Thursday night Bible study. It's very easy to show up on Saturday prayer meeting. It's very easy to show up Sunday morning and just kind of conduct yourself the same way you've been used to at your job and at home and in your neighborhood and when you go shopping. But I'm here to tell you, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we get a renewed mind, it means the way we will conduct ourselves in school and at work and at the grocery store. And in the neighborhood will be the same way we conduct ourselves in church by the renewing of our mind and by the will, the will of God and not the opposite. We got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So when we're transforming here, we take it out there. We are a bunch of punks, you know. We are Christians, bunch of punks. 
Bunch of punks. The other day, the other day, I forgot I work with some people that don't celebrate Christmas. And so I said, so what did you do for Christmas? Oh, we don't celebrate Christmas. And the first thing that hit me was she was just very confident and bold to say how they don't celebrate Christmas. And us that's supposed to stand on the word of God and get out of your mind about April 1st, December 21st or December 25th or whatever. Get, get that out of your mind. Just say we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, okay? When they get into all the, the, the stop. All those people that do those things, they're looking for a way, an easy way. Back to, back to that thing we're talking about. We're looking, we're, we're looking for an easy way to do things, so we come up with these dumb stuff that make our mind work. Help me, Jesus. I know the Holy Ghost is going to mess with me today. And so here we go. It's just like in the garden. How does the devil work? He just got to sprinkle in some doubt. He just got to sprinkle in some stuff that mess with your mind. He just got to get you distracted and get you to start thinking about something else. And we sometimes, as the people of God, allow the same thing to happen to us in this day and age where people say little smart things and say these little clever things and it begins to make us think and we begin to wonder and start speculating and start guessing. And God wants us to know I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. All that clever talk, all that smart thing. God says, don't be impressed by it. Whatsoever I say, that's what it is. They come up with the clever talk. Ain't nobody clever, more clever than the devil. Take that one to the bank. Nobody more clever than Satan. So all the cleverness you can come up with to say why you don't do this or why you don't have to do that, keep it and go discuss that with the devil. Because you ain't more clever than him. What this word says... That's all you need to know. I don't have to go study nothing else. I don't have to go study from this one and study from that one. I just look into the word of God, the perfect law of liberty. I just look into it and say, Jesus, what do you say? I don't care what nobody else say. I want to know what Jesus says. And whatever he says, that's what I want to do. Be ye transformed. He said, don't be conformed. So we have to be on our P's and Q's, realizing that there's a certain behavior in society that if we're not careful, we'll behave the same way in church. What do you mean by that, preacher? In society, we're constantly looking for an easier way to get it done. That's just a part of what has changed. That's why I read that whole thing about how commitment used to be and how longevity was looked upon. I read that so you can understand that we are, we have to be careful that we don't fall into that trap of coming in church and saying, let me find the angle where things could be a lot easier. I can work this a little bit better because all that stuff that y'all old time people have done, y'all that been in church, that's not the way you do it anymore. My God, my God. Sometimes I wish we would just be limited in our understanding. God gave us this great mind and it's so good. It, it is so awesome, this mind that he gave us, but it's also trouble for us. We're so intelligent now that now we even want to challenge God and we don't even realize that's what we're doing. We don't even realize we're challenging God now. We're so intelligent. We're we're thinking that we got an easier way other than what God says. Oh, help us, Lord. We cannot think about the kingdom of God like we do about society. As a matter of fact, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and let the mind of Christ guide us in all things. We need the mind of Christ to guide us in all things. My God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You ever wonder what that means? We have to be careful sometimes, too. We don't read the Bible and says, well, yeah, and just go past that. You know, we read the Bible and some things that we're not doing, we just kind of go past it. But then we read the part that says, and we know 
All things work together for good <laughs> to them that love the Lord. To them that are called according. We read that part. We say, ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we read that part. That, that part is good. Yeah. But then we read the part that says, let this mind be in you, which was also, and we're like, what? <laughs> Woo. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. I'm going to ask a couple of questions and y'all can answer it. Brother Darrell, are your sons equal to you? They can't be. Brother, Brother Sharp, your son's equal to you? They can't be. Your son's equal to you? They can't be. They can't be. They can't be. They can never be you. Trump, are your son's equal to you? They can't be. Because in my little bit of time, I'm living. You know what's one of the most fascinating things to me? Is the people that's older than me, what they know that I don't know. I love that about life. Where I am in my life is people that are older than me, and no matter how much I think I may know, they know something I don't because they've been here longer. They experience more. I think that's one of the most fascinating things about life, to just see people that are older than me and just smile because I just know now. I'm not an idiot. I just know now. That man right there, there's some things he's gone through and he knows that I just don't know. I don't care how intelligent I think I am. I don't care how much education I think I am. Because of how long he has lived, he knows something I don't. That's a fascinating thought. You never think like that. I think about it all the time. I see elderly that are elder and I see, you know, they're struggling sometimes because, you know, they're getting older. And I'm standing there says, but what does she know? I would love to hear what she knows. Oh, my God. I just think that's so fascinating. And so we could never become like somebody else. Because we don't know what they know. We haven't been through what they've been through, so you can't be them. I don't care if they're your kids. They might have some characteristics like you, but they're not you. So the scripture says that Jesus was equal to God. So I want you to explain that to me. How can he be a son when he's equal? <laughs> yeah, I want you to explain that one. Because none of my kids equal to me. Mm-mm. No, sir. The Bible says Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. Understand this. Never forget this. I know I say it all the time, but it is so much the foundation of your salvation. God, who is spirit, became man. Who is visible. Just never forget that. You you can't see God. Because God is a spirit. And God said because I need to save you. And because I love you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you see me. And not just see me in any kind of form. I'm going to let you see me in the form of a human. Just like you. That's what this is. And so we have to realize. That almighty God became the visible man, Christ Jesus. Believers, all of us that believe, should adopt the same attitude or frame of mind that was found in Jesus Christ. It is him that is our example. And so today I'm talking to you on this topic. Committed, or sorry, following the example of Jesus. I mess with the audiovisual people. Following the example of Jesus. She was getting ready to type fast. Many people feel that, listen to me, many people feel that they can't control their moods or attitude. I want to help you with that this morning. I feel like God has helped me this morning, just this morning about this. Many people feel that they can't control their moods or attitude. But Paul, the Apostle Paul, reject that thought. Jesus Christ reject that thought. Because, in fact, spirit-filled Christians should have total control over their attitude and their moods. 
Here's a revelation for you. Here's a revelation for you. Here's a revelation for you. So you'll understand what that means. Here's a revelation for you. How your flesh feel don't mean that's who you are. How your flesh is moving is don't let that define that that's who you are. Don't let that define that's what you're about. Don't let that define anything about you because your flesh ain't going to heaven. Your flesh is not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so when that flesh is trying to work what it wants, you tell that flesh you can feel whatever way you want to feel. But deep down inside my soul and my spirit says yes to Jesus. And in my heart and in my mind, I worship Jesus. And I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what memory the flesh has, but Jesus is who I worship, who I praise, and who I serve. You can't let the flesh dictate. That is what you are. Don't you fall for that. That's revelation right there this morning. The flesh will bring back things because the flesh crave things because you fed it some things. I love filet mignon. So just thinking about a piece of filet, my flesh starts saying, dude, go get some filet. You know, I, I, I love uh, whatever I love. I love to drink my Starbucks coffee. So the flesh said, boy, go get some Starbucks. So your flesh has memory because it's a desire. It's a craving that you're fed it. And now the flesh knows it. So now you hear sometime want to praise God and the flesh is thinking about something that it shouldn't be thinking about. And you're feeling guilty and you're feeling like, oh man, why am I doing in church feeling like this? Don't you pay that flesh no mind. You just need to stand up and lift your hands and let out your voice and say, Jesus, I don't care what this flesh feel like. My soul worship you. My spirit says yes to you. My soul cry out to you. I don't care what this flesh is telling me. If you want to hit you this morning, that's what you got to do. You got to get up and let the Spirit of God and let the soul that is in you strengthen you. Don't you fall. The flesh is not in control. The power of the Holy Ghost must be in control. The Word of God must be in control. It doesn't matter what you're feeling like. Stop letting that guilty feeling come back. If you ask God to forgive you and you repent of your sins, when that guilty thought come back, just say, I repented. It's under the blood of Jesus and the Lord. Don't hold that to my charge anymore. I'm here to worship the Lord. I'm here to praise the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody help me this morning. Help me this morning. Don't let that flesh get the victory over you. Don't let your past creep back in and lower you out of the kingdom. Don't let it happen. God wants to give you a second chance. God wants to resurrect you. God wants to raise you up. God wants to empower you and strengthen you. God wants to take you in a place where you've never been before. And you can't allow this tired old flesh, this nasty flesh, this flesh that has done so many things. I've pulled you into so many things. You can't let this flesh rule you. The Lord Jesus wants to work on the inside. And he wants to work on the outside. But you let it, you gotta let him work on that inside so it can reflect on the outside. First the inside gotta get right before the outside can get right. And so you let him work on the inside. Many of us are trying to work on the outside. Oh, but the inside is what will control and dictate the outside. So you gotta let the Holy Ghost work on the inside and he will allow you to begin to get the outside part right. Don't worry about that flesh trying to trip you up and make you feel like the worst thing possible. Uh, Help us, Jesus. We can't be slave 
to our moods and attitudes. We got to sometimes say, my mood is not right. My spirit, my attitude is not right. But I'm a spirit-filled Christian. And the God that I serve is inside of me. And all I have to do is just open my mouth and call on his name. All I have to do is open my mouth and begin to praise him. And so while this mood is not right, and while this attitude is not right, it's all right. I'm getting ready to give the Lord some praise. I'm getting ready to worship the Lord because my mood and my attitude will not hold me hostage. It will not control me. I'm okay to admit I don't feel like I want to feel. I'm okay to admit I don't have it the way I want to have it, but I'm going to praise God anyhow. I'm going to bless the name of Jesus anyhow because Jesus Christ is who deserves the praise and the honor and the glory in my life, not my flesh. I'm not bowing down to my flesh. I'm not bowing down to my feelings. I'm not bowing down to my moods. I'm bowing to Jesus. I don't have to feel it, but I must do it. You don't have to feel it. The devil wants you to think that if you don't feel it, then it don't make sense. Somebody help me this morning. The devil wants you to think, and even you done tricked yourself to say, if I don't feel it, it don't make sense. Can I tell you a secret? You will experience the most powerful things about God the most when you don't feel it, feel like doing it, and then you did it anyhow. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyhow. I don't know. I just feel like God shows up in a special way when you know deep down, when he knows that you don't feel like praising him, but you do it anyhow. You don't feel like worshiping him, but you do it anyhow. You don't feel like praying, but you do it anyhow. You don't feel like reading, but you do it anyhow. I feel like that's when he shows up more than any other time. Got Bible for you. Got Bible for you. Jamali. God being in flesh. His flesh told him, don't go to Calvary. I stay in the book. I don't go too far. uh, I'm right here in the book. (laughs) Jesus Christ himself. The flesh told him. That's just too much. I guarantee you, we don't know his thoughts, but I guarantee you, the thoughts came. All the sinning they did, all the stuff they did wrong, they never cared about you loving them. They didn't care that you created them. They don't care. And even when you go and die for them, they still won't care. I don't know his mind, but I guarantee you those things came on his mind because that's what the flesh will do. Because the flesh look for a way to bail out all the time. When the flesh got to be under pressure, it's going to try to find a way to bail ship, jump ship, whichever way you want to call it. So the flesh always look for a way out of sacrifice. And so even almighty God who took upon himself flesh, when he walked this earth... Even him had to battle this flesh. And this flesh told him something contrary to what he knew he had to do. What do you think is going to happen to us? What do you think? We were just going to make it through and everything the flesh dictates, we just fall right into that trap? No, we have to learn from him. Because we're striving to be like him. Following the example of Jesus. We must strive to imitate Jesus, to reproduce his image, not only outward, but inward. And inward is, is the most important place to start. We, we can't uh, help us. We can't try to model this outside life when inside we're just messed up. We're messed up inside. And so, because we're working from the outside in, we're getting frustrated and we can't get the victory. When 
How about you just forget about the outside for a minute? Don't worry about what nobody think about the outside and focus on the inside. Because I know as the inside get right, the outside will get right as well. I know that as the inside is working, the outside will get it together. But what we have been trying to do is work on the outside because we're always worried about what people think first. If you've been coming to this church for any little bit of time, I hope you will hold on to what I've been saying since we've started this church. Chloe, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory. So let me break it down into the most common, common, common way. Everybody does wrong. And for every person that posed like they doing it good, we just need to ignore them. That's all I'm saying. If you ever get that, I'm telling you, that's what, once that resonated within me, I never walk like this anymore. I'm talking about amongst church people. And then, even not amongst church people, I walk like this. Now, that didn't mean I was just living my life sinfully. That's not what I did. I just know I can move past whatever I've done wrong. That's what I know. I can move past whatever I've done wrong, and I'm not going to worry about how anybody look or not look. Because if they knew anything about Jesus, they would say, before I look over there, let me look right here. Before I look over there, let me look right here. Because I'm not squeaky clean. Uh, Help me somebody. So before I look to the left or to the right, let me look right here. And when you understand that, that makes you comfortable to start working on the inside. And when you work on the inside, you won't worry about the outside and say, well, you know, what everybody's thinking. No, no, no. You would just trust God to help you on the inside. And the good news is somebody will come to you sooner or later and says, man, I can see God doing something great in your life. Somebody will. Yeah, somebody will. And so, we are especially to follow the ways of Jesus Christ, the unselfish ways and the humble ways. We can hear a pin drop. As Johnny James says, we can hear a rat licking ice. (laughs) When Johnny James brings something strong and it gets quiet in the congregation, Johnny James said, we can hear a rat. Licking ice. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know. I can't. I can picture a rat licking on the ice. I guess you can't hear anything if a rat is licking ice. Oh Lord! But the bottom line is, we need to be unselfish and humble like Jesus. Why? Because we're following the example of Jesus. Who example are you following? Ask yourself that. Let, 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 can we ask ourselves that? Who example am I following? Is it the example of people in church? Is it the example of people that raised me? Is it the, who example are you following? Listen, I can respect and appreciate a great man of God, a great woman of God, but my eyes are still on Jesus. Because all have sinned. (laughs) You see how powerful that statement is? Because there's great men of God and great women of God, and they have sinned. And so if my eyes are on them, when they have a weak moment, what am I going to do then? Walk away from God? What am I going to say? This stuff is not real? What am I going to say? Oh, you know, I thought church was this and I thought church was that. Is that what, I'm, what am I going to say? Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to say. And then the Lord will tell you, if you had your eyes on me, then you wouldn't be talking so foolish. But because you had your eyes on people, I understand they were supposed to be an example. I understand they were saying this. I understand they were saying that. I understand that they said all that. But just like you, they had a moment too. What, what do you think? They, 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 they shouldn't have a moment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Lord wants to give us a second chance today. Because, because we know that somehow we can't get past the whole thinking that, Somebody ain't right. And then we start to dress it up a little bit. I know I'm not all the way right either. Then why even waste your time talking about the other person? If I know I'm not right, you know what I got to do? I need all the time to work on me. I don't want to waste one iota of breath to work on nobody else. What the Lord say, word of God. Here's the word of God, Brother Sharp. Before you pick 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Before you pick the let me let me translate it for you. Before you pick the moat out of your brother's eye, pick the bean out of your you know what it's saying? What's in your eye is bigger than what's in your brother's eye. But you can't see it because you're looking at your brother and not looking at yours. The Bible is a mess. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's what the scripture says. So if the scripture tell me before I go and try to put something up, take, take something out of Brother Darrell's eye because I saw something that I didn't like, the scripture says, go look at the mirror, boy. Because the one that's coming out of yours is so much bigger than his. <laughs> and you couldn't see yours because you didn't look in the mirror. You can see his because you're looking at him. But you couldn't see yours because you can't see what's in your eye. The only way you see what's in your eye is when you go and look in the perfect law of liberty. The word of God. So that's how you see what's in your eye. So because I know that, you know what it means? I don't have one second to say you ain't right. I take that second and say, Wayne, you got to go work on that a little bit more, man. I know you're doing all right over here, but you got to go work on that. We serve a God of a second chance. This is what this is all about. I, I'm, I'm trying to help us today to, to focus the time and effort and energy on ourselves so we can be right with God. So God can do exactly what he wants to do in our life in 2019. God wants to do some amazing and fantastic things. It doesn't matter what you have been through. It doesn't matter what you have done wrong. It doesn't matter the situation you encountered. I'm telling you right now today, if God can speak himself, he will tell you, I'm here to give you a second chance. I'm here to give you an opportunity uh, to follow after me uh, and for me to do a great thing in your life. I'm here that one day you can inherit uh, eternal life. Uh, I'm not worried about yesterday. Uh, I'm not worried about last night. Uh, I'm not worried about a week ago. Uh, I'm not worried about what you did. uh, For I went to Calvary myself uh, that you did not have to live uh, continuously in that life uh, and that you can repent. And you will be forgiven and you can be free. That's what I've done and that's why I'm not worried about last night. Tell your neighbor, God is not worried about yesterday. You need to stop worrying about yesterday. He's not worried about yesterday. He's not worried about last week. He's not worried about a couple years ago. He's not worried about ten years ago. He's just worried about right now. He's a right now God. Now faith. Now faith. Right now God. He wants you to trust Him right now. He wants you to obey Him right now. He's not worried about no other time. Just right now. We have this bad habit of wanting to put things off. Again, like we know more than God. If God is saying right now, here we go. Well, God, you know I'm not ready. Well, God, you know I got to go work this out. You think he would tell you right now and don't know yet that you thought you had to work it out? Listen, God know your moves before you even thought of them. You got to know that. God know every move you would make before you even thought of them. God know all the situation you was going to be caught up in before you even got caught up in it. And he's still saying, I've called you. I chose you. He still said, I died for you while you are yet sinners. And so don't tell me about anything else. Because if I say right now, I mean right now. Don't tell me about no other time. I know everything about you. And I'm telling you right now, right now is what I'm calling you to. To come and receive a second chance. You don't know more than God. You know the story that I tell you. Now I'm worried when I feel like God is leading me to someone. I had at least two or three, two for that I can remember right now. Two people that God I mean, with a strong way, told me to go and tell them, get in church and give their life to me. And when he told me that, and they didn't do it, days after they died. Days after they died. Some of you know Joe Gaines. They call him Power God. Power God, okay. But maybe, I don't know how long it was. But 
It was a funeral. And I remember I had a dream and the Lord told me, you won't see Joe there. Tell him I said, come and give his life to me. I was at a funeral and it was a street funeral. When I say street funeral, me, me and people in the street that died and those funerals are out of control. You don't know the crowd. That's in the, and so I'm in the crowd and I see PG. I said, oh, man, how am I going to get to him? And somehow he turned, because he's kind of tall, he turned and saw me. Finally, I got up to him. Woo! He used to always call me dread. Even when I got saved, he kept calling me dread. You know, you know him. David know him. So I get up to him. I say, P, the Lord told me that you need to get your life right. You need to go to church. You need to serve him. And he looked at me, and I know him, and he looked at me seriously. Because his father's, his, his, his families were preachers. But, you know, I go, is, is, is maybe he experienced some things within his family that, you know, was supposed to be Christian and it wasn't Christian. And so he lost faith and confidence in them. And so he became a five percenter. And I looked at him, I said, P, God wants you in church. He want to save your life. He looked at me almost with tears in his eyes. He says, I know. And years, maybe some weeks after that, maybe a few months after that, he got shot and died. I went to the, um, when he got shot, um, some of you might know Justin. Justin is his son. And when he got shot, Justin said, come on, Uncle Wayne. Come on, let's go upstairs and pray for him. And I went upstairs and I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. He was in a coma. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And a few days later, he was gone. Didn't come out of the coma. And so... I say that just to tell you what, when God says now, you don't have no choice of the matter. You can't determine, well, I'm not ready. He knows all of that. He knows everything. You can't doubt when he says right now, second chance, let's go. You can't doubt. You just got to go. And understand this about the Lord. Because you see people trying to serve God in their own strength and fail a lot. That's not the example that you ought to follow. Jesus didn't walk this earth in his own strength. He walked this earth in the power of God. So what we have to realize is, if we're going to serve God in our own strength, yeah, we're going to make a lot of mess. But if we will serve God by his strength, I can do all things through Christ. So when we decide to serve him through Christ, now we will experience more victories. We will experience where God is trying to take us more effectively. But a lot of time we're trying to live for God in our own strength and we keep falling and get up, keep falling and get up more than we should be falling and get up. And God wants to help us through that. So what he wants you to know is when you come now, stop worrying about what you're caught up in. Stop worrying about what you've done. Stop worrying about how I changed this situation that I got myself involved in. Stop worrying about all that. Here's what God does. Nobody can clean up your mess better than God. You think you can clean up your mess? You don't have nothing on Jesus. Jesus will clean up your mess and make it like it never was no mess. So when he tell you come, just go. Don't worry about the mess you have made. Don't worry about what kind of situation you've been in. Don't worry about what you're struggling with. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Who are you telling that to, me or Jesus? <laughs> I remember when people used to text me or call me up and say, hey, bro, um, I'm not going to make it to evangelism today or I'm not going to do this when I was young and may not be as um, what, what, as diligent as I am now. I used to text back, tell it to Jesus. <laughs> I was, uh, Brother Bob, I was out of control when I was in this thing, like when I was a little younger when I got in this thing. And people text me, hey, bro, I'm not going to be able to... Tell it to Jesus. I hit him back. Tell it to Jesus. And I really still feel that way, but I just do it a little I just, you know, I'm just, I, I learn how to behave a little bit better. But I still feel the same way. Because we're acting like you're doing it for the church or for the man or for whoever. You ain't doing it for me. You ain't doing it for the church. You're doing it for Jesus. And so whatever you decide that you, not, you don't want to do, you're telling the Lord, I don't want to do that, Lord. That's what you're doing. You're telling the Lord that. And you, you know, you equate it to, you know, a person. Don't equate it to a person in this church because Jesus is the head and the center of this church. Uh-uh. Not me. Not me. 
Mm-mm. So tell it to Jesus when you can't do something. But of course, Jesus already know. Adam! Where are you? Jesus is funny. You know, he's a little funny. Where are you, Adam? The Bible said God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere, all at once. And then he said to Adam, where are you? Man, God, you're funny. I'm not messing with you. So he's not asking you something and don't already know the outcome. Philippians chapter 2 and 7 says, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. I'm finishing here. I like what he says when he says, and made himself of no reputation. When you do what you want to do, you're making yourself of some reputation. Let me say that again. Maybe you didn't understand me. When you live the way you want to live, you're making yourself of some reputation. Whatever that reputation will be, it's going to be your reputation. However you live, that's your reputation. But the Bible teaches us that even the creator of all things, when he decides to walk this earth, he says, I'm going to make myself of no reputation. Uh-huh. Which means he emptied himself of any divine reputation. You remember reading the scripture and Jesus would do things and he would say, Y'all are so smart. Yes, he wouldn't don't say anything. That that's making yourself of no reputation. We do something, we want people to know. You see, Jesus is the example, and that's who we need to be following. He did all this stuff. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell him I did it. He made himself of no reputation. And guess what? And became man, human being. And not just any kind of human being. Servant servant. That word to us, servant. Nobody wants to be a servant. No, yeah, degrading. I ain't working in no factory no 35 years. I ain't working for no state no 35 years. And so that servant way of being What if the Lord wants you to work a city job, a state job, a factory job, and win all of those people on that job? Is it still okay or not? Everybody needs the gospel. And maybe you got that kind of no reputation on the job where people don't even think twice about you, but you just ministering and people's lives are being changed and they're getting saved. What will you think about that? He made himself of no reputation and took on himself a servant. That word we don't like, servant. How many people wants to be a servant of God? Yeah. I mean, we don't want to say nothing about that. I need a servant to play music over here. Every week we come and we, we, we play our whatever we play over there. But we need a servant. To be able to play the keyboard so they can worship the Lord with the keys. Say praise the Lord with the high sounding cymbal, with the psaltery and the harp. I mean, praise him with the trumpet. I mean, we want somebody to praise him with the keys. He's looking for servants in the house of God. We need people to be doorkeepers. He's looking for servants in the house of God. We need people that will say, I will come with you to go out into the community and tell people about Jesus. We need servants in the kingdom of God. We need people to work in the audiovisual. Now, if you want to equate it as that's just the church stuff, that's up to you. You want more scripture? Whatever you do, I think it's Colossians 3 and 16 or 17, one of those. Whatever you do in word and in deed, do it all 
in the name or unto the Lord. What we do is we do what we do in church to please the leader of that thing or the pastor or whatever. And so if you don't want to please the pastor, you don't want to please the leader, you don't do it. I thought the Bible says do it unto the Lord. So if I work in audiovisual, I'm not doing it for nobody. I'm doing it unto the Lord. If, if I play the keyboard, I'm not playing it unto the congregation. I told the praise and worship the other day. I said, listen, when you sing praise unto God, you're not singing to us. Don't sing to us. Sing to Jesus. That's who you're really singing to. We got to get the concept right. So if it's praise and worship, you're not singing praise. You're not giving worship to God because you're doing it to the congregation. You're not there to boost me up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's kind of how praise and worship has been done in churches. The praise and worship leaders are there to get me going. I wish I wouldn't think like that. I just, oh, I never thought like that. All my life living for God, it was me and Jesus. I appreciate everyone that will just be a part of what we're doing. But if the praise and worship go up there, I don't need no music. And I don't need them to keep singing for me to worship my God. And so if you're working audiovisual, if you're in the music, if you're singing, if you're ushering, if you're doing a Facebook Live, if you're doing trustee work, whatever you're doing, you are doing it unto the Lord. Whatever you're doing, you have to say, I do this unto the Lord. When you begin, before you do it, you pray, God, I'm doing this unto you. I want you to be glorified in this. I want the glory of the Lord to be revealed because I'm doing this. Everything we do. In word and in deed, we do it unto the Lord. And so, it's, it's tough if we are assembled together and we don't get involved and do something and then say, we're following Jesus' example. You have to do something in his kingdom to be following his example. I'm almost here. Philippians 2 and 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As human, he humbled himself as an obedient servant, even unto the death of the cross. So listen to me. You're telling me, preacher, according to the word of God, that Jesus came to this earth and he came as a servant and submitted himself to the mission and even when he knew the end of the mission was death, he kept going. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's saying. Even when he knew the mission was, I have to surrender my life and die for this world, he kept going. It says he was obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Let me tell you this. Let me talk to your human side here. Because we like this part. In the kingdom of God, the only way we will obtain a great reputation in Christ is by being humble, obedient, servant, and God will elevate us in the position he has for us. So a lot of times we have this human side of us that want to be recognized. I can't say that's good or bad. I'm not taking that there. It's just as humans, we want to be recognized. And God himself says, that he made himself of no reputation, he humbled himself and became an obedient servant. And when he did that, the Bible says that he was elevated, exalted, and given a name that's above every name. So I've read my Bible good now where I feel like I understand it, that if, if I'm going to get recognition because somehow that, 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 that human part of me want to be recognized, I'm going to have to humble myself and I'm going to have to be obedient to the mission of Jesus Christ. And if I can do that, then he will allow me to be recognized. Hopefully we're not doing it to be recognized, but I'm telling you that's how you would be recognized. 
And somehow we try to get recognition without doing that. You will never be recognized by God if you're not humble. You will never be recognized by God if you're not obedient to his mission. You will never be recognized by God if you do your own thing and live the way you want to live. You will never be recognized by God. And that might mean while you're in church and even for eternity. I don't know if we can make it to heaven without being a servant. Huh. No, I don't I don't I don't think so. Because Bible scholars, here I go again. Well done. Thy good and faithful what? Enter. I think I'm still in the word, right? So I don't think we I don't think we're gonna make it to heaven without being a servant. Because he's gonna say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. So if we're not a servant, what is he going to say to you? Huh. 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 Listen, we're starting the new year out with perspective. The right perspective. This is not meant to make you feel bad. This is meant to teach you so you can know and understand what where you're going and what you need to do. And so we're going to be ones that enter in. We're going to have to be servants, not spectators. John chapter 12, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, one of my favorite portions of scriptures, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. If we don't make ourselves of no reputation, we will be alone. But if we would make ourselves of no reputation... And not do what we want, but do what God wants. That's essentially what death is. Stop doing what you want and do what Christ wants. And so if we would stop doing what we want and do what God wants, we will bring forth much fruit. Now, you know, I always got to throw this caveat in there so you don't pull your hair out or scream or shout. Jesus loves you. Just understand that, that Jesus loves you. And if he loves you, then you will understand he's not asking you to die to yourself. And then you're just going to live a life without any fulfillment. That's, that's not what he does. More word. Psalms 37. They don't have this because I'm, I'm walking in the, in, in the spirit. Psalm 37. Verse number four. I don't know if they can put it up there real quick. Y'all sleeping over there? Psalms 37, verse number four. No? I feel bad for y'all over there. Y'all sleeping over there. But at least you're serving, right? (laughs) At least you're serving, right? So, so in case you're wondering if God is just mean and wants you to just serve him and, 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 and get nothing, Psalms 37.4. What that says? He's not no mean God beating you over the head till you die to yourself and you get nothing. Please don't think that's my God. That's not our God. But what he's saying is, I know what's best for you. I know what will work best for you. Just trust me on this and do what I tell you. And even though it sounds bad because I say die to yourself and, 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 and things will be all right, I'm telling you it's what's best for you. He will give you the desires of your heart. But, but you got to die to yourself. Verse 25 in John, he that loveth his life shall lose it. (laughs) And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If a man serve me, let him follow me. 
And where I am, there shall also my servant. Oh, there's that word again. Where I be, that's where my servant will be also. Two things. Who first knew it was going to rain when it never rained before? No, no, no. Who first knew? I mean, we know God knows everything. Noah. What was Noah? Then, also, in this morning's reading, if you're keeping up with your reading, so God was getting ready to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Guess who he told? If you will study this book, you will understand the ways of God. And it won't be so grievous to you. And it won't be so, ah, you will just work with it because you will understand how God operates. He said, there shall also my servant be. So wherever the Lord is, his servants will be with him. You want to be constantly with God? Be a servant of God. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. I think we're pretty clear this morning on what the word of God is saying. I don't think, I don't think it's, it, it's, it's, it's unclear. I think we're pretty clear now. Amen? Here is what we're going to do. We're going to move right into our communion. Let me tell you a few things about communion. Now that we have read all of those things, hopefully we'll understand the whole communion business. Paul gives specific instructions on how the Lord's Supper should be observed. So communion is considered the Lord's Supper. So listen to me. We should take the Lord's Supper thoughtfully because we are proclaiming that Christ died for our sins. If you believe that Christ died for your sins, then you should partake of the communion today. We should take it worthily. With due reverence and respect. So if you believe Christ died for your sins, you should take this communion today in reverence of who he is and what he has done for us. We should examine ourselves for any unconfessed sin or resentful attitude. We are to properly prepare ourselves to take this communion and so if you can sit now where you are and think of something where you feel like you have been resentful or you have not forgiven, whatever it is, if you have sinned, you have the opportunity before we take this communion to ask God to forgive you, to repent of your sins. We should be considerate of others. So when we take our communion, we do it together. We can't just go ahead of ourselves and do whatever we want. We're going to do it together. And so I want... Um, Brother Scarlett and Brother Henry to come.